A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Internet Marketing. Welcome back to the show where we give you the lowdown, the inside information, the word from the experts to help you use the internet as part of your marketing machine. I'm Andy White and in episode 20 we'll be covering some very interesting things happening with the involvement of Google Maps and organic search, some interesting things also happening with user reviews and Google, and we'll be talking to a gentleman who owns a very interesting email list management company. So stay tuned. But first, let's find out what's been happening in the internet marketing world. I sat down in Daniel Rouse's very echoey office and asked him what's been happening. Well, uh, a lot of our users may have noticed, if you go into Google in the last couple of weeks, um, this has been happening in the States for a little bit longer, if you put in a search that includes a local, like a physical location, um, like Brighton or New York, wherever it may be, um, you'll see that there's some map results appearing at the top of Google results, which is quite a shift. Um, so even if you were number one for your natural organic search, you will now be pushed down on a local search for somebody that's registered with Google Maps. Hang on, let me just have a look at this. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have in my hand a printout of uh, a search in Google, and it looks like the first three have got A, B, and C, and... It's got a picture of a map next to it. Explain what's going on here then, Daniel. Basically, to be in Google Maps, um, you register your business and they send you a little format in the post and you agree, yep, you actually are at that physical location. They then send you a PIN number and you can yeah, edit your own listing. So where you are, what you do. Okay, mm -hmm. pretty much as simple as that. What they've started doing is if you do a search that's got a location in it, so in this particular time we put Internet Marketing Agency Brighton, um, a map's popped up and it has shown the top three results um, ah. from Google Maps, okay, at the top okay. above the normal organic search. Okay. So interestingly, if you're the only person in your area doing a particular thing um, mm -hmm. and you're actually in Google Maps and somebody else isn't, then you'll find that you'll actually appear above everyone else. Daniel, just run that past me again. Do, do you actually have to physically put yourself in Google Maps to yes. appear? Yeah. Okay. You, you need to go to maps.google.co.uk or .com. Okay. Um, and you'll find add your business. And you click on that, and they'll send you something out in the post. Um, and that's just to confirm you are at the physical location you said you are. Oh, to check you're a human, not some yeah. sort of bot-type so, thing. It's one of the few times internet marketing you'll actually get something in the post by snail mail. So what are the implications to the internet marketer of this? Well, at the end of the day, it means that um, if you're a small business, and it might be quite difficult for you to get ranked very high up in the search engine, in this particular term, what Google's trying to do is give people relevant results. Yeah. This is particularly important to people that have a shop 
or an office or something like that where you want people to come to, a yep. physical location that's relevant. But if you're a service-based company as well, and there's a limited number of service-based companies in your area, um, this will also help you stand out from the crowd. The bottom line is they're the top results um, that are showing above everything else. Now, this leads on to a few other things as well, because if you're doing pay-per-click with this kind of thing as well, with local results... Um, you'll see pay-per-click results starting to show up on Google Maps as well. And you'll also see pay-per-click results starting to show up in Google Earth, which is quite interesting. Ooh, okay. So basically, okay, let me get this right. So if someone puts uh, bloody, uh, okay, Google search, bloody, bloody, blah, some place name, yep. or some place name, bloody, bloody, blah, sure. the chances are they're going to get a few of these map type Quite of often. entries come up what you'll find is it is happening far more in US searches at the moment because they've got a lot more businesses listed yeah um, but you'll find if you put for example internet marketing agency in Brighton or yeah. in Bath or in right. wherever it may be Google recognises that as a request of something in a particular area so if you put a motorbike maintenance company in Bath yep. then you're quite likely to get those kind of results coming up it seems that they're playing around with it at the moment because it's not entirely consistent and it's not really understanding always when it's a local search but it seems to be getting better so the key implication to this make sure you are registered with Google Maps okay. which is, which is um, again the URL yeah, it's just maps.google.co.uk or .com mm-hmm. um, get yourself registered in there and also the other thing to do is make sure that your website has your physical location in it so your contact page needs to have your address. Yep. But, for example, if you are a fashion retailer, your page title on your homepage should hopefully be fashion retailer. Include the words fashion shop, fashion retailer, your county, your city, and the country. Okay. So Brighton, Sussex, UK, um, just along those lines. So it actually can be recognized as being a local area as well. Uh, because more and more people, because of this, are going to start searching using local terms. Um, and there's been some interesting kind of research saying that more and more people are using local terms to search on because they're getting more specific results that way. So this is quite exciting. So if you have a physical presence and you, you is it is it good for people that just want local people coming to them, no, local local people to find them on uh, Google? Well, it is. But if you look at holiday industry, if you look at um, any form of travel related kind of business. Yeah. And also, to be honest, I mean, even from a service point of view, if you were looking for a company that knew a particular area. Um, there's lots of reasons you would do a local search. Quite often people just want to work with a company that's near to them. So it can be any type of company, but they're just happy working with someone near a physical location so they can go and visit them or realise they actually do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just for people that have got shops and that kind of business at the end of the day. And there's no harm in being registered with Google Maps. It doesn't cost you anything. So I'm kind of thinking, go out and do it. It has to be done, doesn't it? It's it does, a bit it of a does. no-brainer, really, yep. isn't it? It is. And it's going to be interesting how it goes forward, and we'll have to see how Google progressed the whole thing. But um, at the moment, recommendation is going there, getting to Google Maps, um, and then just see how it goes from there. Fantastic. What else has been happening in the news? Well, um, to go on from that, what you'll actually find is if you um, go into Google in the US and you search for a physical location business, you'll see that Google doesn't is quite clear on how it's ranking businesses. Okay, And what it's actually doing is ranking them by review rather than using its algorithm um, completely alone by what it judges. There's some reviews being taken into account of businesses now as well. So mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about was user-generated reviews. Um, the way that Google's doing it, it's got a host of sites that it's accepting reviews. It's got agreement with these websites that users can post reviews on businesses or books or whatever it may be. And Google is then, with those business reviews feeding those in to work out its algorithm as part of its kind of search algorithm on physical businesses. Wow. So it's quite a a movement from Google completely deciding how something's ranked 
Um, they may have taken into account external sources in the past, but now they're taking into account user-generated reviews. So Google is embracing folksonomy, which was a term... Yes, absolutely. ...which was a term coined by your colleague... Uh, by, by young Graham. Two, uh, by young Graham, a mere two weeks ago. <laughs> exactly. I've never heard of that. Is that in general use, that word, folksonomy? Um, well, it's in Wikipedia. Right. Um, and a few people use it. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it's a, a valuable point to say, OK, we're taking, taking content from users and actually yeah. you know, taking it into account. Um, if you look at websites like tripadvisor.com, or Amazon, they're already using user reviews. Mm. I mean, if I'm looking for a particular type of book, I'll go into Amazon and see what other people think of it. If I go to TripAdvisor and I'm looking for a package holiday and I don't know anything about the hotel, I'll definitely run it through TripAdvisor and get some other people's input. Okay. Um, there are downsides to it. You get people trying to cheat and review their own products fantastically, and then they might be really negative about their competitors' products. Mm. But if there's enough reviews in there, at the end of the day, you'll probably see that a fairness starts to starts to come out also a lot of the sites that are getting good reputation for these reviews um, they have a good process of vetting some of the reviews and that kind of thing as well so. okay so if I'm a small business and yep. I want is it my products or my, can I have my services reviewed as well as my products well generally it's your actual business um, okay but also it, it's happening over place we're talking about Google there particularly but for example Amazon we're aware that you can review books and CDs and DVDs yeah um, there was quite an amusing thing that happened recently in Amazon if you went to amazon.co.uk Jordan and Peter Andre recently yeah. bought out a new album. Okay, for those in the States, that might mean absolutely nothing. But uh, mm-hmm. if you do a little Google search on Jordan and Peter Andre, you'll kind of see what we're talking about. Uh, they released an album and there were hundreds of reviews of the album. And right. you kind of expect them to be pretty negative. And, uh, yeah. Every review was a five-star review saying this was the most fantastic album in the history of albums. Now that sounds a little bit suspicious to uh, me, Well, I think, I think what happened, a bit of a bandwagon got going, and everybody was actually spending quite a few days writing some extremely good prose on how great this album was, and it became a bit of a kind of one of those uh, internet phenomenon that happens. But yeah. that was quite exciting. But as you can see at the end of the day, um, user reviews are valid because we don't really trust big kind of companies we don't know anything about, but we trust others. And if yeah. we see a volume of, um, of different reviews there, we tend to kind of start to believe it. So it's very important. So if you've got a website that, for example, um, is a guide to restaurants, yeah, people review them. There are legal implications. You've got to be careful of all that kind of thing. Right. But at the end of the day, user-generated reviews are trusted. So involving people and the whole community side of things and all this Web2 stuff we talked about behalf, yeah, basically it boils down to valuable information, good content. Always comes okay. back to good content. Let me just get this right. Mm. Are you saying that, that Google themselves are being the platform for these reviews? No, the actual ah. reviews are elsewhere. Ah, okay. So the how reviews. is Google interacting with the reviews then? Well, they've got, there's lots of websites out there that allow you to review a business and they're just getting agreements with several websites in place to feed those reviews into their algorithm, into oh, their search. Okay, so it's, it's taking... Okay, so if I'm a small business, um, presumably there is a list of places to try and get a review. Yeah. Is that how it works? If, if you do a search on um, business kind of directories and listings, mm-hmm. then you'll see that you can get your business into that directory in quite a few places you can get reviewed. I should say, I haven't seen this happening in the UK yet. It's been happening in the US, Google using these reviews from various okay. places. Um, but there's a lot of changes that Google are making at the moment. They're starting to include these different local searches and user reviews. Yeah. So um, it's really worth keeping an eye on Google and just searching on yourself and your competitors' businesses and to see what kind of results come up and seeing if anything changes. And you, you, you might be quite interested to see what's happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another little bit of news is that the academyinternet.com website from next week onwards will have a little place where you can go and tell us a little bit about you. And will the person get a little freebie as a result of doing They that? will. What we're going to do, we're relaunching our website next week. Um, and what we're going to do is we'll put a special section in for the podcast so you can subscribe for updates so you get the latest information. 
But if you give us your email address, um, in exchange what we're going to do is give you a new white paper that we've just finished that has got a guide to creating and leveraging community websites. So Hoth Press, um, written with quite a lot of associates that we work with, tries to keep things nice and simple and just tell you how community websites can work really well. So well worth having. So just in exchange for your email addressing and let us you update you on the podcast you already obviously value, um, we'll give you that white paper. So what we'll do is we'll announce um, in the next podcast when it's all up and live and we'll take it from there. Daniel, in true internet marketing technique, what are our valued visitors or listeners going to get on an ongoing basis as a result of sharing their details with us? What we'll do is that we will um, send you monthly, I think pretty much at the maximum, an email just saying when the latest podcast is going to be. We'll give you options for getting it more frequently than that, but as a standard, it will go out once a month. We'll tell you what the topic's going to be. We'll give you maybe an inside track on some extended news that you haven't had in the podcast, some links to go for further information, um, and we're also going to be working on some extended versions of the podcasts so that you can get access to a bit more deeper information if you want it. So some key things there you wouldn't get otherwise, um, and that's purely because we want your email address and to kind of stay in contact with you. So it's, it's an exchange either way. Fantastic. And also, don't forget, we want your feedback. Absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast and you actually think it's a load of poo, we would <laughs> like to know <laughs> if you think, well, I'll listen to it, but it's a load of poo. Listen to it. I mean, tell us what you think about it and tell us what you think we should add to it, what you think you know, what you think we should take away from it. We're very, very interested in knowing sort of what you want because we only want to give you what you want and what's useful to you. So feedback is very, very welcome. So either just email is it info at academyinternet.com? That's right, yep. And but also if you want to send us a little MP3 file uh, or a little WAV file, probably MP3 because it's smaller, of you saying some sort of comment or just something you feel strongly about on the show, as long as it's um, not too rude, we'll be quite happy to play it and put your little segment on and you can have your 15 minutes of fame, or maybe less than 15 minutes. So yes, feedback is very, very welcome. So keep an eye on the academyinternet.com website. There's some good things coming up. Thank you very much, Andy. Okay, so moving on. In today's feature interview, I spoke to Darren Fell. He is the managing director of a company called Pure360, that's pure360.com on the net, and his primary service is a sort of email list management software. I would probably best describe it as um, email list management software with attitude. It's got some very, possibly, I I haven't seen anything quite like it before, but certainly in the way it can, from a technical level, the way it can interface with other sort of existing programs. He goes on to describe some useful strategies for simplifying the collection of email and simplifying this whole sort of notion of of collecting uh, names and emails for you. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. 
From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. In marketing, the first question I asked Darren was to describe his system to us. The system was designed from scratch, uh, literally when I first specced it out back in 2000, to be incredibly intuitive and easy to use so I could use it. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm not saying I'm thick or anything, but I had to, uh, it had to be simple. And thereby, if I actually got, uh, I was able to actually set up email campaigns incredibly easily, then anybody else could without much training. So the whole interface is designed using uh, an interface designer as opposed to just allowing the programmers to design the back end and the front end. And that means that you end up having an interface that is clean, simple and intuitive, almost like what Apple does to uh, technology. They make something that could be really, really painful and complicated to use, and they make it simple. They make okay. the interface really simple, so that's exactly what we've done. All right. Uh, we've divided out the, the whole process simply into three stages. You go into your list area, uh, you can upload your list as a CSV file or directly connect it to your website by putting a bit of pure code in there and it automatically collects all the, uh, the, the data that way straight into your list or straight into the segment that you've set up. You can, uh, you know, talking about segmentation, you can easily segment depending on the data you've got, age, postcodal area, whatever you want, and then send specific content to that segment um, <clears throat> the system also allows, we've got the standards out there like SOAP uh, interface, so you can actually connect to any other system uh, out there, so any development team can easily, easily plug into Pure and directly control it, funnily enough. So we've got a lot of application providers approaching us, wanting to sell email marketing, but have it looking exactly like it's their own system. So using the SOAP interface, which mm-hmm. is a full control of Pure, they can actually uh, have all the buttons in their style on their system, whether it be an online advertising system, uh, and directly drop in lists straight into Pure, segment it remotely, uh, do the send, uh, obviously drop the HTML in, and actually pull the reporting out via the SOAP interface straight into it. Say if it's a CRM system, yeah. you can actually pull out the contact record uh, uh, information. So that person, or Andy, you, uh, opened the January newsletter, you click through on that particular product, and you actually bought that particular product all back into the CRM system. So that's just sort of jumping way ahead into uh, you know, connecting up to other systems. Mm. So you have the lists area, you have the messages area, which is the next stage. Uh, you will go in there and every, any which way you could possibly want to do uh, the creative piece you can. Uh, so you can have lockdown templates, so it's for marketing managers that uh, you, you don't want to let them make a mistake. So it's all in the brand, uh, brand guidelines, the templates all set up. They drop in the central content uh, and it wraps it up in the, uh, in the, the branded template. Uh, and then the third stage is simply to go to deliveries and pick exactly the date and time you want us to go and schedule it up. That sounds pretty good. So the thing that makes it a bit different is this, this SOAP interface. So you, people can literally white label it, can't they, by the sound of it? Yes, exactly. I mean, there's, there's a stage just before that where we have, funnily enough, our, our agency market uh, has, has, has 
you know, grown massively quickly and we've actually put a, a, a proper section on it now so now we have an SME team and, a, and an agency team and a major accounts team mm -hmm. but the agency team uh, we, we obviously felt that agencies love to only sell their own uh, company their own brand and hate selling other people's so we, we created a fully white label product uh, you know a good couple of years ago yeah. they can provide all that branding and that overlays on, on pure nice simple easy interface yeah. in all of their brand, brand guidelines but if they want to go to the next stage and it's less agencies I'm picking up on your question it is these application providers uh, everybody out there realizes the you know the power of email marketing and how important it is rather than just pushing it out via a standard SMTP you know mailing program they know they have to go through a professional email marketing company now yeah. with the whitelisting statuses with the ISPs with the whitelisting agreements with AOL and uh, Yahoo and Hotmail like we do um, and yeah they just don't want to rec rec recreate the, the wheel uh, an email marketing funnily enough uh, years ago when I was approaching companies that they said That's easy we, we build it ourselves it is the most painful thing if you ever conceive a building it's an email marketing system uh, it requires continual development uh, every week there's new measures to prevent spam and we have to have our team of programmers building in that functionality like sender ID yeah. SPF and all that so because you can speak from experience can't you because I've heard your story your, your, you did a talk recently didn't you and I've heard your story back when you were developing this yes what you mean what right from the, the beginning of right from the beginning yeah the front room in in, in the Battersea flat <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the sofa was pushed to one side and uh, a rather extensive desk with lots of different shelves on it was purchased from Ikea. <laughs> uh, and uh, the computer was in there and I, uh, I tapped away. Uh, firstly, what I did is I built up the, a party portal to prove out the idea and it was called, amazingly, and I never normally reveal this, but it's called partytastic.com. Uh, yeah, and it was the uh, the, the MySpace uh, of its time. So you could go in and create your your party on a on a you know a, your own web page. You could go and create an HTML party invite uh, mm. on there, and you would also be able to create the the reminder text message and time it all accordingly. Well. Um, and then afterwards, if you got you know uh, some mates to actually photograph the the party, you can actually upload the, the photographs or even video content. So that was the whole concept behind it. But yeah. what really came out of it was that everybody wanted the email and SMS marketing system to drive events and that's where I realized that it had the potential to go into business and to push aside you know direct mail which was incredibly expensive and, and clearly now uh, everybody's aware it's not very very good environmentally no so it does SMS messaging as well does it the system yes it does okay I've got, I've got a few questions actually what about autoresponders autoresponders you're bringing in techie terms oh okay so like uh, for example somebody signs up to get on the list and the, the system will like on day zero i.e. immediately respond with one message and then the day after will respond with another message yeah, uh, yeah autoresponders uh, are all built into the system and it, it's, it's very much the talk of email marketing now not just the uh, the actual autoresponding function but event triggers so we would like to automatically be able to send uh, customers that do X uh, with this mail so it can it's now off of anything so obviously the initial uh, concept of autoresponder is you sign up uh, to receive the special offers and instantly you get a welcome mail from that yeah. company welcoming you into the brand and saying this is all the sort of things you're going to receive look out for it every Tuesday so you, you're, you're buying them into the brand mm -hmm. but now it, the customers uh, are interested in really really making the marketing work so um, you know if they actually click through on a certain link they will actually get a uh, you know 
uh, it's on a, on, a, on a plasma screen, say, on a special offer. The system can be set up to actually send, uh, you know, a special, uh, you know, another special offer back uh, uh, on email. Clearly, they're interested. They clicked it. It maybe as even their first link in the whole of the newsletter. Yeah. And that particular, you call it auto-responded mail or event-triggered mail. Comes event-triggered is probably yeah. the name, isn't it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. With a with a voucher uh, in that. So if they go and use it online within the next five days, they get an extra twenty percent off of that. So. Everything now is all about really tweaking up the, uh, the the buying process by using behavioral information, which effectively that that that, that example is, yeah. uh, and really going after what I I think is is, is uh, you know great uh, marketplace is the the impulse buyers. Yeah. That's exactly what you do by doing that. So. Uh, all of our, <clears throat> we we spent uh, last year, uh, which is a, under a, a great cost to, to to the business. We were much much smaller then. Uh, to, to ask all of our customers what they actually really want, what was their wish list in in the reporting? Because we we got pretty comprehensive reporting. Mm-hmm. But all of the major accounts having won Levi's and Innocent Drinks and Anaris Components worldwide is that they wanted even more. So we spent six months questioning all the customer base, which is now up to about 480 customers. What the hell do you want uh, in the reporting? And we ended up producing uh, what we call enterprise reporting. So there's now this top level of reporting for the top, top major accounts, which goes into the most ridiculous level of analytical reporting. Mm -hmm. And the key area, coming back to autoresponders, is behavioral reporting. And the system can actually see, you know, persistent non-openers. Well, you know, if you if you spend all this money building up this massive database and you only get a 22% open rate, what the hell is happening to this other 78% of the the audience? Yeah. That data, that inherent value, it, it's, it's a hell of a lot of money. Yeah. So the system can actually automatically segment out all the non-openers and allow the marketeer to try, uh, a, you know, a new marketing tactic. Well, let, let's really see if we can pull these these guys out out from under the that little stone and uh, give them a 50% discount off on, mm. uh, online during this morning on, on, on the site uh, for this, this particular product area that we know mm-hmm. from looking back at the behavioural reporting that previously they were interested in, you know, the techie gadget area, maybe. So it's enabling you to downsell these reluctant purchasers, effectively? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Actually try and pull them out and pull them back into a uh, an active customer again. Yeah. Uh, so... The, you know, the behavioural reporting go, goes on. Yeah, okay, so if there's the non-openers, what about the openers that typically don't click through that much, i.e. aren't that interested? We can actually try a similar marketing tactic out on those guys. Yeah. Uh, and then it goes back to the autoresponder example I gave, where you can actually see the mail and see the heat maps you normally see in the system, standard system, but actually now uh, uh, analyse it even further. So you can see people who, who click a certain area as their first link. So therefore, it's attracted their attention it is maybe a key promotion, say for a, you know an amazingly priced Pioneer 50-inch plasma screen. They're diving straight in there. They therefore must be incredibly interested. You can click on that area, Pure will automatically segment a list and allow you to send, you know, say that that my previous example of a, you know, buy this within five days and we're going to give you an extra discount uh, on, you know, if you buy it using this voucher in this mail, and that could be either manually set up in Pure or set up as an event trigger or automatic mail. Sounds really good. Now, just before we, we close off, another couple of quick questions. I know that you've um, you've got a special offer, haven't you, which we can discuss towards the end. Yes. Um, 
always on uh, the, the, the pure site, uh, we, we, we wanted to do, I mean, this, is, this mainly attracts uh, the SME uh, customers. Yeah. Uh, and on the pure site, pure360.com, there is an area where there's our offers of the month. So marketing, look through all of the, the, the sales, uh, you know, going through. And we're obviously dealing with quite a high volume now. And say, well, how about if, if uh, you know, a lot of customers at the SME level would love to have the enterprise reporting level, but maybe can't afford the, the, the set of the 400 pound setup charge of which uh, there's all the training provided in there well let's give the training component for free so wow. 200 pounds is discounted and then the upgrade to enterprise reporting is only 200 pounds which is less prohibitive for you know for that that slightly bigger sme account so uh, right on the front of the uh, the pure site is is the area where all the offers are yeah. uh, and that's open to all of the uh, the, the listeners of this podcast okay fantastic now just before you go i'd want to ask you because we, we both know um how important collecting email addresses and names are and how powerful that is. Do you find yourself uh, teaching people how important that is a lot, Darren, or do you think that a lot of businesses now are getting savvy to that? Um, only only now they're getting savvy to that. I mean, over the years, and I've been doing this for five to six years plus now, um, I had to educate uh, even the biggest of customers. Um, you know, even, and I, they won't mind me saying this because it was a, a few years back, but RS Components, a global uh, IT catalogue, um, doing a fant- you know, building up a fantastic trade customer base. Um, but you had to go through this massive form, and I'm sure you've seen it, Andy. You know, mm. you, you fill out what seems to be 52 areas to become a trade customer before then you start receiving the newsletter, which gives you all the special offers. Yeah. And I said, well, fundamentally, how about this idea? It's an incredibly simple concept. On the homepage of every major RS component site, put a data capture point just to join up with the, uh, uh, the special offers, and that's a slightly different mail directed at the non-trade customer that draws them into becoming a trade customer. Mm. So data capture I think yeah it's it's hammered home day in day out let's make it simple collect smaller bits of data to collect a bigger customer base and then you can market to them and draw them into the next stage Darren Fell of pure360.com thank you very much for your time well that's it for this week's show thanks for listening hope you enjoyed it We'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions or comments that you'd like to have featured on the show, send them to info at academyinternet.com and feel free to send in an MP3 file if you want to record what you want to ask and we'll be happy to play those. If you're a subscriber, we'd like to thank you for your valuable time. If you haven't subscribed yet and you'd like this podcast delivered direct to your earbuds automatically, you can find Internet Marketing on iTunes or at the academyinternet.com or the summitsolutions.co.uk websites and follow the subscription buttons. So this is Andy White signing off. Have a fantastic week and we'll see you next time on Internet Marketing. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.